0: Welcome to the anointed teaching preached at Church 316, the youth arm of the Fountain of Life Church. We hope that you be blessed as you listen to this message. Please open your Bibles with me. So I'm going to be speaking fast, like I'm coming back from Putin's country. Please open your Bibles with me to Psalm 137. I will be reading the Amplified Version. It says an experience of the captivity. Verse 1 says, By the rivers of Babylon, where we captives sat down and wept, when we remembered Zion, the city God imprinted on our hearts. On the willow trees, in the midst of Babylon, we hung our harps. Let me stop there. You know what it means to hang your harps? It means you stop singing. It means you stop being joyful. 3 says, For there, they who took us captive, demanded of us a song with words. And our tormentors, who made a mockery of us, demanded amusement, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the lost song in a strange and a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget as kill with the harp. Let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not prefer Jerusalem above my chief joy, Remember O Lord again the sons of Edom, the day of the fall of Jerusalem who said down down with her to her very foundation. O daughters of Babylon you devastator, how blessed will be the one who repays you with destruction as you have repaid us. How blessed will he be who seizes and dashes your little ones against the rock so this psalm is the psalm written well we don't really know who the author is definitely not david because um, david was not in babylon but here the children of israel had been carried captive into babylon rightfully so because jeremiah prophesied it that they would live 70 years as captive in Babylon and also told them that if anyone tell you that the years of captivity will be cut short the person was lying so he said in Babylon, marry, give birth you know, grow old enjoy your life while in captivity but is it not weird that the covenant children of God were in captivity and they didn't just hold them captive they made a mockery of them so yeah sing now sing and at that point, the psalmist asks, how do I sing in captivity? And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So the th- title for today's um, sermon is singing in adversities. Because it's often easy to sing when your life is perfect. But how, like the psalmist asked, do I sing when I have a promise, I have a covenant, but the exact opposite of what I've been promised is what I'm experiencing. How does covenant sing in calamity or in captivity? So how do you sing in captivity? One of the things I realized is that I was I was just studying uh, music. I realized that you know music actually releases dopamine. That's your happy hormones, right? So let me tell you what I figured. You know music does not only release dopa- dopamine. Music is actually very powerful. Let me see you. Some of you the the answer the, in fact some of you are about to do like this just as uh, I'm in church. In fact you are waiting for the other parts to do like this because you have done it already. That's how powerful music that even in church. It will take all the self control to just and if I had finished singing that song some of you that just disgrace your christianity now because <laughs> the, that's easy. They will even dance. I'm not saying that Apostle what's his name? Who sang it? Apostle Apostle. I'm not saying that Apostle Daniel is a bad Daniel. Oh. <laughs> just in case you not see that this pastor didn't like him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that music is very powerful. So it might look like their tormentors were mocking them. But I would rather say they were giving them an opportunity for a breakthrough. You see, sometimes all we need is a change of perspective. They said, how could we sing in captivity because they saw it as mockery. But sometimes what the enemy plans for evil is the same escape route that God has planned for you. But how do you see? You know, I like when the person that introduced the choir say, how do you picture yourself or what picture do you see of yourself? And, you know, when he said that, it was a very nice catch. And I was reading, and I said, if we were to do a survey and ask people to tell you what they see of themselves, you'll be amazed. Most of it will be a far cry from what God sees of you. Because oftentimes we let situation define us. We let our education define us. We let our parents define us. We let our spouses, what your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband has said about you, define you. But your definition does not come from situational circumstances or situational things. Who you really are comes from God. And I like that he he asks, you know, God God made the earth first. But as he said, I just pondered, if you don't know God, you can't know who you are. Until you know God, the picture you see of this, oh, I want to be the richest man on, um, on Forbes. You would attain it. But then you realize that even that might not satisfy if it doesn't conform to the image that Christ has made in. So for you to really know who you are, you need to know who God is. So they were asked, how do we sing God's song in the land of captivity? The first point was that your music is very powerful and your worship is not situational based. Let me let me stop on music is powerful for a, for a minute. I found scriptures, places in scriptures, right, where music became where their song, their worship, their thanksgiving, their music became a weapon. Please open your Bibles with me to Second Chronicles, verse twenty, chapter twenty. Second Chronicles twenty. I would read from verse one. It's a bit of a long read, but I'll just try and make it quick because I want you to get a bit of perspective into the power of your praise, of your thanksgiving, of your music verse 1 says, it happened after a while that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them beside the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat and then some came and told Jehoshaphat saying a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria and they are in Azazan Tamar and Jehoshaphat feared and said sorry, feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judea so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the city of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you. Are you not our God? You see why I said, if you don't know God, you can't know you. So here is Jophas, Joshaphat is telling God who he is. Um, Seven, Are you not God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence. For your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Whom you will not let Israel invade when they came out of Egypt, out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of our possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Now, all Judah, with their little ones, their wives and their children, stood before the Lord. Then... The Spirit of the Lord came on Jehazah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, and the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah. The name of the son keeps going. Verse 15. And he said, listen all you Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, nor dismayed, because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jericho. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Your worship is a position in the spirit. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear and nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord is with you and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord worshipping him I'm almost there then the Levites uh, and then it goes on to say the names of the Levites go and all of that verse 20 jump with me so they rose up early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa it sounds like that cartoon and as they went out Jehoshaphat said stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophet, and you will prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should fight. They are going to war, please. They are going to fight. Three nations are encamped against one. So he appointed his most skillful men. Well, my Bible says that. So let's continue. But let's come to what the Bible says. Sorry, Bible scholar, before you vex, that's not what it says. It says he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Now, quickly, before you write off your voice and say you don't understand, my key is not even on the keyboard. I've been working with SMJ, can't find it. You know the beautiful thing about God? It's not looking at your skills. Bible did not say those that worship God must worship him with skills and finesse and be able to slur. Have you ever listened to some people's story? They just finish the, ah, and they finish just like like in your mind you're like really? What did you just do? So God is not looking for skill because still skill without anointing is nothing. God wants to hear you skill or no skill your voice you see your voice is as unique as your fingerprint God wants to hear it and the beautiful things that God can differentiate our voices even in a crowd how do I know this? the Bible says in Genesis 21 that Agai was crying God, this son is about to die God did not hear the grumbling and the crying of Agai but he heard the voice of the lad the lad was tired, about to die so I don't think he made a shout you will get it. Someone had energy, was screaming and crying, Father, this boy. And let me tell to this. I don't want to see him, the guy. God did not hear that loud noise. God heard the silence of a dying child. And the Bible records that God said, I have heard the voice of the lad, not the voice of the mother. So those of you that say, My mother is praying for me. did not say, I heard the voice of the mother, even though we have no record of the prayer that the boy prayed. So your silence can be worship. God heard the silence of the child, and the silence of the child moved moved heaven to speak and provide water in the wilderness. So your worship is let's come back to, let's come back here. Second Chronicles. It says now okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And those who should praise the beauty of his holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercies endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes. Was it when they were praying? Was it when they were ready for war? He said when they began to sing and to praise. He said the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Siah who had come against Judah. They were what? They escaped, Abby. My Bible concluded. It said they were defeated. It says, For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sia to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. You see, that thing that has covenanted to destroy you is going to end up destroying itself in the name of Jesus. But you have a position in the Spirit. They took their position. They didn't wait for them to come and report the news at home. So how do you praise God when the king of Mount um, Seir and Ammon and Moab has risen up against you? You two, you rise up with your worship. And sometimes you dance without a song. You are in your room, you can't hear the song but you practice your Thanksgiving dance anyways. Because you know that this is the God that things sometimes start from the invincible and then they become visible. Sorry, the invisible and they become visible. So people be like, are you mad? Are you losing your hand? You say, you have no idea. This is the way I'm going to dance on my wedding day. Nobody in my family has danced before but I'm breaking the yoke. Nobody in my family has gotten married before but I'm breaking the yoke. They say, oh, you can't get a job before you leave school. Somebody was sharing a testimony um, of a child with me this morning before the girl left school she already got a job with Exxon Mobil yeah. I was like that person to say I it can only be God. She just told me before I came in here. So they can say it's not possible but you begin to practice with your suit and say I serve a God that dwells in impossibility it might has never happened before but it's happening with me. There is a posture of worship that moves the hand of God to set ambushes against your enemy. There is a posture of worship whether with a loud shout or with a whisper that moves God to rise from heaven and provide water in the desert there is a posture of worship that brings about breakthrough and deliverance but you have to take that posture and your mother cannot take it for you you have to take that posture of worship yourself so with a shout and with praise and worship with singing and a dance they set ambushes and utterly they did not have to lift the muscle their enemies killed themselves utterly Says nothing was left of them and just in case you say that is Old Testament I found another example in New Testament in Acts 16 verses 25 it says and Paul and Silas they, they were in prison their legs were bound so I don't think they could you know go down low their legs were bound their hands were in chains their legs were in stocks I don't think dancing was very comfortable I don't even think singing was very easy but some somehow, these guys that were in chain and it was at midnight, as a matter of fact some of us don't used to see 9 o'clock that's the reason why you don't join webinar because the spirit of your village must make you sleep before time to pray, that's the problem, so the other prisoners most likely were trying to sleep but these guys know that our breakthrough is dependent on something and it was not prayer it's dependent on our worship my breakthrough sometimes is not dependent on the prayer, sometimes when you have prayed all you can when you have fasted all you can. You have acquired all the skill set that you need for that breakthrough. Then you stand still in worship. You stand still in thanksgiving. And then you see the salvation of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says thanksgiving. With all thanksgiving. Let me, let me say it, find it and say it exactly as it, as it says it. Thessalonians 5.16 It says in everything. In prison give Thanks. You are, your back is turned against the wall give thanks so back to the story of Acts 16-25 so their feet were in stocks and it was midnight they could have said God didn't you even see before they arrested us I mean we are even pursuing your kingdom why should we be in prison but they decided not to grumble ladies and gentlemen God does not respond to grumbling and complaining the reason he did not heed the voice of Agar was because Agar was grumbling God does not respond. As a matter of fact, I found a scripture that says something okay, I'm looking at my time. I found a scripture that says something about grumbling and complaining. Let me find it, let me find it. First Corinthians 10 verse 10 First Corinthians 10 says not complaining as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. It's not me that say it though, it's the Bible. So complaining can lead to destruction. So Paul and Silas began to sing and to praise God. And you all know how the story ended. They were freed. The jailer, the person that put them in jail, now wanted to kill himself. That's the power that your worship and your praise has. And your worship and your praise should not be defined by your environment. You see, sometimes God wants to transcend you to a new dimension beyond your physical environment. But you need to get there in the spirit first before you can get there in the physical. But sometimes we are too held bound by our physical limitations and a future you cannot see, you cannot feature in it. So we limit ourselves to the now and God is saying, can you just open your eyes and see? That there is an open door just ahead of you can you open your eyes and see that this position that you are is limiting this place that you are is just for a season there is light indeed at the end of the tunnel but can you see it with the eyes of the spirit first It will not look like this in the physical but that's okay once you can see it in the spirit then you can Unless, after all that's what faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence the tangibility of that which your physical eyes cannot see I'm paraphrasing but your spiritual eyes have seen it so you are already in a future you are already living spiritually in a future that your physical has to catch up with power of your worship and your thanksgiving so God does not respond to your complaints and your grumbling so stop the complaints let me tell your neighbor say stop complaining stop grumbling start praising start praising Psalm 22 verse 3 says but you are only enthroned in the praises of Israel that's the only place God is enthroned in the praises of his people not how much they grumble you see you can be in Babylon but remember you're still a Jew so they said, how do we sing a long song? And then they reminded themselves. The reason you will not sing is because you have either forgotten the song. You know, sometimes I want to sing a worship song now. But because I'm not in music class, I'll just get here. The way the keys play in my head, ah, I see SMJ will fall my hand. Because what is play? What is in my head? If I just lift it. Lift up, Jesus. He's key of keys. It's not kings. So because the key I will start with is the keys of keys. So sometimes you don't sing a song because you've forgotten. So the children of Israel were not just singing. Didn't want to sing. Not because they had forgotten. Because if you read the preceding verses or the verses after that. he said that if I forget you, O Jerusalem. And I want to speak on that for a, for a minute so they did not sing at that moment not because they had forgotten their song some people forget their song now what do I mean by forget their song the Bible says "I bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not his benefits some of us we have spiritual amnesia you know what spiritual amnesia is God if you get me out of here I will, I, I will never do it again let me come to your doorstep a little bit God if I just see my period I've come to somebody's house If she just calls me and says she has seen a period like she lost it before because it was dollars. I will never do it again, and then you find that which was lost, and then one day rain will fall, and you will forget your promise, and then you will come back. I got if I if I just escape, people are laughing, like that's their testimony. Let's focus, hallelujah. So the Bible says, forget not. His benefits. Don't forget those things that God has done for you. Sometimes what you need to do is have a praise, journal. I was telling a lady one time, I was telling a lady one time, I said, do you have a brag sheet? Have a brag sheet for God. So when things are bad, I'll be like, well, you did it before. And if you did it before, you will do it again. It's not that you can. You know, there's a faith that says can. There's a faith that says will you know recently I found a higher level of faith that says even if you don't it's in the Bible the children, of, the three children Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they say our God can some of us that's where we are he can but maybe he will not do it for me that's the level, first level of faith then he says our God will he can and he will do it for me but he says even if he does not that is the faith that is not dependent on the miracles that you get and that is at the level where God does not just send your blessing. He comes into the situation with you. You know, there's a level of faith that God will say, Shagba, and be all right. For these children, God said, no, no, no. I won't just take you out of the fire. Then you won't understand what's happening. He says, I will come and be in the fire with you. And the fire will make barbecues of people that try to throw you in. But somehow fire will turn to AC and be snow because I didn't get it. Fire suddenly became snow and they were seated, and Bible says that when they came out, they did not even smell like what they have been through, I don't know what you are going through, if you can take a position in the spirit, you will of a truth, come out of it and you will smell nothing like what you have been through, right, God will be with you in it and he will bring you through in the name of Jesus God is the God that we stand but there is a, oh my time, my time is up okay, I'll just read some scriptures and then we'll start praising, because the psalm is now using Konai to look at me, so let me just I'll just read the scriptures out so, how do you praise God in, an, in a difficult situation? How do you praise God in adversity? One, overlook your situation, overlook your environment. I'm not saying ignore. Sometimes they cry crying, I'm saying, God, it pain me, you, but I know you will come true. I don't know the song, but it came. Okay. You look beyond the current situation that you're in and you see the future that God has promised you. And as a matter of fact, if you read all through the Psalms, you will hear um, uh, David talk about this trouble. Oh, many are there that afflict me, but you, O oh God. You can complain, but if your complaint does not end with, but you, O oh God, then he ends up complaining and murmuring. Enough of telling your problem how big it is. Begin to your problem like, but my God. I might not see the way out, but my God. They might say it's impossible, but my God, when you put a but my God in the situation, then God shows it and show you what He can do. So, try to overlook the situation. Don't deny it, acknowledge it, but try to see Jesus in the in the midst of the situation. How do you sing in the dry in adversities? Remember the past miracles that God has brought you through. What God has done for you. Try to have amnesia, Try not to have spiritual amnesia, right? Don't forget. Ecclesiastes seven verse ten says. Do not say, where were the former days better? Why were the former days better than this? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Don't hold on to past glory. Some of us, we are where God was, not where he is. Don't hold on. Before I was, if I just sing like this, Oti come calm down, go more. Maybe now God wants to raise the dead. But you are still holding on to the apron and shoes thing of Oti fall? And God is saying, can you not see? I want to do more than fall. Because they fall, they stand up still empty. There are new dimensions in God. But we need to let go. And that's what Paul was saying in Philippians. He said, I forget the things that are behind. I press forward. Why? There is more in God. If you think that you have seen the level of breakthrough and miracles. God is saying, I want to do more. But we have to be willing to have spirit selective amnesia. Forget the past miracles. And press on for the more that God wants to do. I need to say this gratitude, a thanksgiving, is not the formula to get your miracle. Let me tell you why I said Because I've said that you have to be thanking God now. And your worship and your praise is a weapon. You will not go to your room. You will not read your book. You will not be worshipping. The exam will now come. You will not be doing tumbolo tumbolo. Oh, my me. Last, last. You will not be singing your mind, AID for that. You will not be taking HIV. <coughs> Amen. Gratitude is supposed to be our way of life. You are not thankful to get something. Let me repeat it. You are not thankful to get something. You are thankful because that's who you are. Because what we do is, so if I just, if I just say ah SMJ, you fire. you, he will just remove his wallet. It's SMJ. Even this one is not even working. with all my singing for the last ten seconds. It didn't even work. It's only in party. That you can lose your sense and spend your transport fare. God don't to spend his transport fare. So don't think that I'll just come... SMJ Sorry. They're both similar. S and S. the sound will just raise one song and just dance. Ah, when I just get home like this. Ah, I've just danced. It's not like that. However, when you thank God, when you make thanksgiving, become your life. And Bible says in everything good, bad, not so good, in between great, when you make it become your life, you will see the miracle because you can never bring God into a situation and it will go back the same, you see the woman with the issue of blood, according to their culture when someone with the issue of blood touches you you're supposed to become stained but when a problem touches Jesus she didn't become stained, she became whole so when your worship touches Jesus, you will become whole It's inevitable, but don't worship him for wholeness. Worship him for who he is. Thank him for who he is. And then watch as things around you, oh my goodness. Scripture, scriptures. Let me just give you the scriptures now. Psalm 34 verse 1 to 8 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps, encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is God. Blesses the man who trusts in him. We had to bless the Lord at all times. Not at sometimes. Not only when you are in church. Not only when this choir sings on key or when somebody sings off key. We are to bless the Lord at all times. That's supposed to be Psalm 98 verses 1 to 3 says Oh sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations his wonders among all the people. Psalm 6 verse 5 says For in death there is no remembrance of you in the grave who will give thanks? So, who should give thanks? Anyone that is alive. When should you give thanks? Always. How do you give thanks? Even when in a difficult situation, you start anyhow. Sometimes you start with a cry, sometimes you start with your silence, but you ensure that your situation does not define your worship. You ensure That your situation does not stop your song or your joy. Aside from the fact that singing releases dopamine, which is your happy emotions or happy genes into your system. Singing, especially when you are singing the praises of our God, releases God into your situation. And when he does, turn around. Miracles are inevitable. Father, we thank you. As we go into a time of praise, receive our praises, O God. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit www.vchurch316.org. God bless you.